What does it mean to master the game of life? Like any game, it requires a fundamental understanding and application of the rules. But living in today's on-demand society is making this nearly impossible as our attention is increasingly being fought over and monetized by others. Will Moore's mission is to help you hit the reset button by providing a new set of game rules based on time-proven universal principles and modern science to gamify your life by making it fun and addictive to replace your habits in the five core areas of your life proven to lead to true happiness. Ready, player one? Hello, 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 everybody. Super excited today. Welcome to an episode of Gamify Your Habits, where we talk about using behavioral science, universal principles, the latest in technology to help you trick your brain into wanting to take those actions that are good for you, that you know will make you happier, that are based on these universal principles. You can't you can't cheat the system, people. There is no cheat code. There's no contra up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B. By the way, if you just got that joke, or not that joke, but that little whatever it is I just did, I love you. Because that means that you're an 80s kid just like me and you used to play contra and you know the cheat code. Uh, but in real life, there is no cheat code, guys because um, you got to follow certain guidelines, certain principles. Life's a game. Just like any game, you got to learn the rules. You got to understand how to power up your avatar, how to level up your life, how to gain that experience so that you can get from one level to the next level to the next. Because think about it this way. There's that show, The Lottery, Ruined My Life. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. Awesome show. If you want to get a study in human beings and just how predictable we are, there's a reason there's a whole show built on the fact that the lottery ruined my life because it's, it's like an oxymoron, right? It's like, what do you mean the lottery ruined your life? You're supposed to win the lottery and it's supposed to be the best thing ever. Well, if you haven't earned it, if you don't know what to do with that money, if you haven't developed certain habits in your life, it's going to ruin your life. There's a good chance that your Uncle Bob is going to trick you, steal all your money, leave you destitute. And unfortunately, I mean, it's not a joke, but a lot of these people end up dead. Like, So the point is, like, even if you could warp from level 1 to 100, there's no fun in that. You haven't earned it and you wouldn't be able to sustain it. So you gotta do it slowly but surely, reducing the friction, making it easier, make it more obvious, making it fun, making it rewarding, satisfying, all these wonderful things. Um, and that's where behavioral science comes in. So today, if our guest hopefully is able to join us, we've got Mr. Aaron Baker. Aaron, if you're there, just request the join live and you should be able to just go ahead and then I'll, I'll see that and I'll be able to accept you. In the meantime, let's go ahead and take some questions and stuff. Fence that goes up fast, falls down fast. That is correct, my friend. Oh, here he is. Hold it right. You got to have the right tools and experience points and level ups in order to be able to sustain yourself. So we unfortunately live in a society where it's like everybody wants to just snap their fingers. Hey, buddy. Hey, good morning. How are you? Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, super excited to have you on. You're a father, you're an athlete, you're an author, keynote speaker, and ambassador for spinal cord injury. Why don't you give us your story and kind of let, let readers know a little bit about your background and how you ended up here trying to help the world build momentum. Wow. Well, yep, that's loaded. <laughs> I'm a recovering quadriplegic, formerly a professional motocross racer, so an athlete a lifetime ago that was... Nearly 24 years ago, I, I sustained a career-ending injury. I broke my neck, rendering me a quadriplegic, which means I was paralyzed from the chin down, so my entire body. And 
I had a very grim prognosis uh, at the time. The doctors didn't think I would be able to do very much for myself. Literally a, a one in a million chance of having any form of movement, being able to feed myself or, or uh, care for myself. But that was a long time ago. And we have since been able to prove that prognosis uh, incorrect. And I set out to rebuild and redefine my life uh, from that paralysis. And in that process, I've become a student of my body, very mindful of my movement, very in tune and grateful. And since then, I've not only taken steps again, and I can feed myself, I have become independent. As you said, I'm a father today. I'm still an athlete. I've been able to do some incredible things despite this adversity. Uh, Essentially, I've transformed the challenges into an adventure. That's uh, essentially what my book right here is all about, The Rebellious Recovery. Transform your adversity into adventure. I've ridden a bicycle across the country a couple of times. I've walked across that valley. I climbed uh, the stairs of um, the Willis Tower and U.S. Bank Tower, largest skyscrapers in the country. So basically, you have done more than 99% of humans that have perfectly good legs. I'm just time, Will. Let me just interject here. I just, I always find this so fascinating because I do, I interview so many interesting people and inevitably, and I've talked about this before, but you're like, it just keeps happening. So it's like, there's, this is definitely, it's fact. And I just, it's like, how do you, I want to get your take on how to actually describe this phenomenon. But bottom line is, unfortunately, I feel like it takes people a really traumatic incident to wake the F up. And then it's like, their life is like so much better. Right. And people, I, I, people look at you, I look at you and I'm like, dude, this guy is killing it. Like he's living a better life than 90, you know, I, I call it the one percenters and I, I would put you in that 1%. Like you, you get it, what life's about and you're doing it right. You're not caught in this, just hovering above rock bottom. Like I know life can be better, but this is my lot in life and this is my job and this is what I do. And this is where I live. And, you know, it, Instead, you're just going out and you're just taking the bull by the horns and you're riding the wave. So, I mean, why do you think that this is, that this happens to people? And, and you know, tie that into your own experience. Oh, you're spot on, Will. It's that pressure, that real challenge that, that forces us. It, it actually activates us to become the highest versions of ourselves. I think we're too soft these days. You know, modern society is insulated from real struggle, right? That's why... You know, our our forefathers, our ancestors were so gritty and built such an amazing world because every day they were faced with real, real adversity. Today, most of it's in our head, right? We live comfortably. Everything's at the at the you know the snap of a finger. We can access all the information right here on these phones. Totally. We're not really faced with significant challenge. We have to actually seek it out. So when this trauma or when this real adversity occurs, it actually turns on something primal inside of us. Like for me, my greatest fear was to have a career ending injury, to be paralyzed. I thought I wouldn't want to live pre-injury. And in the moment that that occurred, the moment that I came face to face with my mortality and the gravity of the situation, all I wanted to do was live. Yeah, that's it. You just hit it, right? It's a pri- it, it, It's something that, until you've been through it, you can't recreate it. Although it's funny, I had a guest that his whole mission in life is to try to 
create that moment for people so that they, not by having a near-death experience, although he, he had one and he saw the light, right? It's almost like people that die and then see that, you know, whatever's out there and go, they come back and they're like, it's there, I see it. And everybody else is like, is it there? But this is it. I mean, it's like, it's all the same type of like something primal is just activated in the brain and it goes, whoa, what the F are we doing? We got a short amount of time here. Let's not waste it. And it's like, we're all in. And it's interesting. I haven't followed up with him. It's been about a month or two. I, I want to keep tracking him because I, I wonder if it can be created. You know, like it, it'd be great if it could. We could all just have a an injection of boom. Okay, there. Now you got it. And your brain just literally your mindset shifts from this like victim to this growth owner. That's like, let's go. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that it can be recreated somehow? Uh, or like, or do you think like I put it this way in a, in a short amount of time, or do you feel like it has to be done the hard way where people basically say, okay, like I really want to make a difference and change my life. And then it's like a slow, but sure process year after year after year to get there. Well, well, I, I too had a near death experience early on in, in this. I flatlined. I remember that moment vividly. I remember the disillusion, the immediate interconnectedness to all and I became you, right? It's that proverbial raindrop that lands in the ocean that instantaneously I'm a part of the whole. And so I, I awoke with that awareness. And so I have a, a tendency to want to push people in front of a bus, right? Like to, to activate them immediately, to turn them on. And I think there's a, I'm reading this book right here about the rise of Superman. It's all about flow state by D. Yeah. Uh, Cutler. And he's talking about how do we, we activate that quickly? And I think it, it can be based on environmental scenarios, right? Take somebody out of their, their dark home in front of their TV and put them in the middle of the desert. Put them out in the middle of the desert. And now all of a sudden, you need to survive. And things start to get real clear. Like, what are the priorities? Where's my safety? Where's my food? How do I get out of here? Like, the, the, just the basics of being alive and surviving all of a sudden changes the brain chemistry and it turns you on to the primal aspects of being alive. And I think that kind of like stimulus in a safe way could be really great for people that have mental health issues. You know, recently I've been, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, Will, because two of my close friends back to back committed suicide. These are young people, early forties and their worlds became so bleak that they felt the only way out was to leave the planet. And to me, I feel like, shit, if I could have just wrapped my arms around them and take, taken them out of that, that darkness that they were in and put them out into a beautiful place on the planet, and we just get down to being here and now, breathe with me, smell this air, take in this beauty. Let's just get back to being alive. And so... Right. So getting back to one of the things I like to do on this show is rather than just talk about these things that we know need to be done. And clearly, I think, I mean, we've identified like we all need to, you know, have the proverbial slap in the face to sort of wake up out of this, like what we think is important. The Yale, I took the Yale happiness course, a really interesting course. And one of the, the, the words that I really got from that was miswanting, um, was a, just a buzzword that she kind of used throughout the course, which is basically that how we, we are 
obsessed and think that we want certain things, right? Like you said, you're sitting in your living room with your TV and you've got this and this device and this, and, and you're, before you know it, you're, you're, you're focused on all these things that actually make you less happy. Right. And yeah. that's like, how do you slap yourself to kind of go, okay, well, what is that thing that's actually going to make me happy? And that's what I focus on. And to me, it's, it's these core areas of our lives, your physical health, your relationships, your mindset, your mindset, your emotional health, uh, your career and your finances. These are all areas that we all share. And it's like, okay, well, what's going on in those? What are the habits that you're developing that you've you've currently developed one of the the only ways i know how to do it to kind of that proverbial slap is to i do this exercise called the back to the future exercise where i i used to call it the funeral exercise too morbid uh but basically it is going to your funeral and sort of saying what do i want said about me?" and that's just a really quick way to sort of trick your brain into going right to what matters Mm. right like are you going to say, do you want people to say he had like the coolest, ele- he had the coolest iPad, he had like 30 streaming channels and he watched like 40 hours, 50 hours a week, you know, no, right? Like, and, and, and you do it for each core, your mindset, your relationships, like he was a growth owner. Like there was no obstacle that he couldn't overcome. When he failed, he failed beautifully because he learned the mis- learned from it and he kept going, right? His career, like he, he or she loved what they did. They, they took their strengths, the things that they were the best at and what they absolutely loved the most. And they married it in this perfect way and which allowed them to just kick ass and take names every day. And no, not every day was a picnic, but in general, they loved what they did and they felt lucky to be allowed to do it. Like, and then you kind of like go through that and then you go back to your current state and you go, yikes, am I doing any of that stuff? And then that's when I start to help people re- rebuild habits. But that's, again, that's kind of a cheat code, but it's still, that's not as good as having what we're talking about, in my opinion, which is like, just right. I like the idea of like just taking somebody, plopping them into a desert and then all of a sudden it's like, what's important? It's right? experiential, right? Like that, that's real. That's really real. It's not something you're conceptualizing. You know, they say it in Stephen Cutler says it in the book, you know, the, the kayaker just gets into the water down the river and it has to deal. The skydiver jumps off the cliff and has to navigate. Like this is cheat code for flow. Like it's, he's talking about environmental, right? We have to adapt and survive based on environment. And my point earlier is we're just too damn insulated. Totally. 100%. So, so we don't have to really survive we make mountains out of molehills in our minds yeah and you know it, it really is it, it i mean i like the, the that you use the word primal because i i do feel like it what's happening here is our brains are conflicted with the you know we're we're constant we're still evolving as human beings right like i mean the, our brains the way they were um you know from the start to now are still evolving and maybe we'll evolve out of this dichotomy we're in. But right now we're still in that like fight or flight. Like I, I want to not get eat by the saber tooth tiger. And so I need to have as much things and as possessions. And, and I need to, you know, like there, there's, there are these primal things that we still are doing. And, you know, you look at why we're so obsessed with money and things. And, and it's like, is it because of that? You know, I think there's a, that, that that's very likely that that's a big part of it, that we, you know, our brains just haven't gotten past that point that now that we kind of have everything we need, we no longer have to fight so hard for it. And we should be focusing on these things, these other things that actually make us happy. Whereas, because we're not in like, just like living out in the woods, constantly in threat of being eaten, but that's how our brains are still operating. 
I think we're getting mixed signals, right? We're sitting on our couch and the stuff that we're, we're taking in is triggering the flight or the fight, but we're not really in that danger. So all of our chemistry is fired up, ready to actually act, but there's nothing to act on. Right? If, if that same chemical process is going on in the real world and you need to run or you need to survive, then it's all working correctly as it should. And you're in a state of like just being well. But right. here we are in this room and I'm taking in all this crap that's got me on edge, you know, and my chemistry is ready to rock and roll. But here I am just sitting here, you know, that's a terrible cocktail that induces a lot of like unnecessary degeneration. That's right. Your brain is, that, that's exactly right. Your brain is so just really. That's why we have all these ailments. We're aging and we're, we're sick and we're creating all this dis-ease. Because I'm sitting here dis-eased, but not actually doing anything. Right. So that's well, but you actually are, right? And so that's, that's that difference between that, that one percenter that has had, that gets it and then goes, what am I doing with my life? Like, what is life about? Like, what do I want to have said about me at the end? Like, you're naturally doing that because your brain, it kicked in at a certain point. Your mindset shifted. And it went from like, right. And it's interesting. You said that was my biggest fear. Cause I remember thinking that was my biggest fear as an athlete to, to have a crippling. And then to hear you right after that say, well, but now I'm, it's the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. I mean, I mean, you didn't use those words. So don't let me put words in your mouth, but it seems like. Would not change a thing. Well, it is. Wouldn't the change a thing. Right. I mean, that's, that's just so cool. So. You know, let's so let's let's get more into some of your habits that you have developed. Um, you know, and maybe look back if you if you're able to look back before you had this incident, and you know, kind of look at the person you were, some of the habits you had, and some of the ones now. Maybe what are the biggest discrepancies or the biggest habits that you've shifted and changed in your life? Sure. Well, prior to my injury, I was just a child. I, I had no roadmap. I had no framework. I had passion for my sport. And I had, you know, loose routines around physical training and activities and, you know, a race schedule and all that. But I'm, if I were to gamify my life, I had two different games that I'm playing. Pre-injury, I'm a pinball game. The proverbial ball, right? Ricocheting off of circumstances and events and just bouncing through life. Post-injury, I play chess. Every it. move means something. Premeditated, mindful. It's multiple steps ahead with every move. I'm, I'm, everything stacks on top of each other for some type of out. And that goes to me. That's that's mindset right there. That I, I call it a growth owner versus a fixed victim, right? Like the first one you're talking about is that fixed victim that just lets the world have its way and is uh, looking at and this grabs them and this grabs them and oh, I should do this and it's just like people that are trying to monetize your attention and steal your soul for money. You're letting <laughs> dictate your life. It ain't gonna end well. Versus the second is that growth owner that's like, all right, let's party. Like I got everything within me to kick ass, take names. I am the designer of my game. I am going to control these chess pieces and decide exactly where I want to go. And you know what? Maybe I don't get there right away, but then I learn from what happened and the mistakes and failures, and I figure out a way to get there eventually. And that's just the process, you know, fall in love with the journey. You know, you've got these cliche sayings, but it's, they're true, right? Like the journey is beautiful. The emotional roller coaster is real. Allow it, be willing. 
you know, to, to carry on. hundred percent. I love that answer. And now are there, are there any within that? So that's like a, you're broad in general. This is how you look at life within that. What are some specific habits maybe that you feel that are really helping you build momentum regularly on a daily basis that you develop? Bottom line is I've made my, my body a business. Like it, my health and wellness is priority. Number one, I have to manage my body and ensure that I have the vitality to be of, of use and service to provide value for, for others, for my family. So I've created a, a wellness space in my home. I ensure that my space is, is tranquil and serving. I've converted my garage into a, a wellness center. I have all my modalities that, that I can wake in the morning early and, and master my day with physical activity. I'll wake up and I'll have warm lemon water and, you know. Okay. So let's go. Let's do your, let's do your morning routine. Do you mind? Can we do yeah. that? Six, uh, right, so you wake up. And what are well, your what, what's your routine? Yeah, between six six thirty, wake up and have a warm glass of uh, lemon, honey, and salt just to kind of get me going. Then I'll have my cup of coffee. I'll go into my garage. I'll uh, do some physical uh, activity, exercise. Depending on how much time I have in the day, I'll, I'll allot one to two hours of that morning for my my exercise. I have a hot sauna, so I'll do the sauna. From there, I'll, uh, I'll get into my office. I have the, the opportunity of working from home because I do have my own business and, and I have a two and a half year old daughter. So, you know, I've, I've built my life around that for quality time so that I yeah. watch her yeah. grow because it's going fast. That's great. Yeah, I got a, I got a three and a half year old boy. Uh, well, I got three boys, but right. So being home, I work from home too. And the mornings are so great. And during the day, once in a while, I'll go out and I'll, I'll give a little squeeze when they're here. They're not always here. but And then at the end of the day, it's just such a great to be there and be around just because I know how many dads aren't. And I, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are traveling all the time. And it's like, man, to, I, I would just, it would drive me nuts to not be able to squeeze my kids every single well, that, day. Well, that's just, what do I value most? Right? That's the question that I, I have to answer for myself. And that's time. Right, time and love, and all you can do with that is share. I came to understand that in my near-death experience, time and love, and so I ensure that I've built my life around that, and I get to share my time and my love with my my daughter, my wife, my family. Most of my family is within a pretty close proximity here, uh, and then to carry out the rest of my day, just to just to finish my day, I'll uh, I'll take my calls, my emails, my you know my work, and then I'll go out and I'll. I'll run errands with the family or we'll have an, an outdoor activity teaching my little girl how to ride a bicycle nice. and then we'll wrap the day up around uh six six thirty we always have dinner together we always watch jeopardy at seven we, we keep it consistent jeopardy man yeah that was that was a routine i had for years and years i i've gotten out of that because it doesn't work out for timing wise now i put my kids to bed right around or we start the bath process around that time but that, that's a good one right keeping your mind sh you had also answered, I'd asked you this pre, pre you had said, um, becoming grateful, uh, being grateful, graceful, and resilient. Let's talk about the grateful aspect for a second, because to me, that's one of those things that I used to scoff at a little bit before I, again, it kind of goes back to our previous conversation, like before I feel like I really got it. And it's almost like a, once it was, once I was like proverbially slapped, proverbial, 
pervert, whatever the word I'm looking for, yeah. proverbially slaps. It was like a light bulb, like, holy cow, being grateful every morning. And now it's part of my morning mantra that I say what I'm grateful for in my head as I'm um, habit stacking when I'm in the shower and I'm doing my stretches. And I'm, but it's like, he's so huge. And I, I have this little acronym that I use throughout the day, CBRP, catch, like when I'm starting to get dwelled or stressing on something, and it's CBRP, it's C is for catch, B is for breathe, R is for remind and reflect, which is where the grateful part comes in, where I'm like, well, what am I really getting stressed about here? Like, my life's pretty freaking awesome. I'm pretty lucky. I've got my health. I've got my kids. I'm getting, you know, and just, and then I pivot. And the P is for pivot, where, okay, now what can I focus on that I can actually do something about instead of just thinking about this thought that's just hurting me and doing no good, but sucking my energy and my time and my soul. So like that, but that grateful part, it's just, it's magic, right? Like when you're, when you, in your mind say, we, like, cause you can't be unhappy. It's like, again, it's like a little mind hack. You can't really be unhappy when you're grateful and you're talking about all these things. But what we do is I, as humans, we, again, I think going back to the primal stuff we were talking, we tend to always be wanting more and being unhappy. And that's kind of the, the human dichotomy that we have is like, we constantly are in this state of, I want more and but it's like, but if we can remind ourselves like more isn't the answer before you got on, I don't know if you heard, I was talking about this, the lottery ruined my life stuff, which yeah. is a show. And it's kind of like, right. If you were to just have all this money dropped on your lap, actually it wouldn't work. There's a reason there's a whole show named after yeah. that because you haven't earned it. You haven't, taken the journey and, and earned the upgrades and all the things needed in order to be able to successfully take that money and make integrate it into your life in a way that you become happier versus worse off. Right. It is. It's a, a beautiful gift when you really, truly, with all your heart, say thank you. I, my mantra to my body every day is thank you, body. I love you. I am grateful. You work hard for me. You carry me through life. Like this is a highly intelligent community of, of selves that um, you know. I am so grateful that I get to experience, and so I acknowledge it. There is a reverence for every breath for life because I have lost it. Right. And so, this is coming from people. This is coming from somebody that does not have this. You know the, what we have. He can't be, he can't walk around and jump and, and do anything like that. But yet he's every morning talking about how grateful he is. So what is, you know, when you put it into perspective and you think about all the things that you're complaining about and, and are unhappy about in life, the fact that, you know, you have your health and you have two legs and you can do whatever you want. I mean, you can as well. I mean, you're climbing mountains, you're doing all these things. And that's the point. Like guy literally is, is the limit. Our minds are the limit. Our minds. Our minds. Yeah. I don't even, you know what? I need to change that saying. I don't even like that. There is no limit, right? Well, Our minds are the limit. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yours is better because it's basically like, right, your mind, if you let it be, limit you, it will. Good. Well, dude, this has been amazing. Got so many little nuggets. I always like to kind of, to finish out and, you know, we've kind of already talked about some of your habits and some of the things that you're super grateful for. Is there any one last habit that you want to share with people that you think that you've developed that would help them to kind of move the needle in their life. I mean, we've hit upon so many awesome things, being grateful, you know, just really going down through the list of, of things you can do. But is there anything in particular that we might've left out? Well, 
I'm teaching and speaking about a, a methodology that I apply uh, and I've loosely framed in the book. It's called BASICS. It's an acronym, B-A-S-I-C-S. And it's, I've broken it into two parts, essentially being before doing. The B-A-S stands for the breath. A is attention or awareness. And S is surrender to the moment. So in order to just be at any time, when you feel that stress welling up, you're sitting in traffic, you're anxious, you can't sleep, anytime, turn to the breath, turn your attention inward. This is where gratitude arises, reverence. As you breathe, you are aware and just surrender. This doesn't imply giving up. It just means to be present, just for a moment. Be, and then activate. Now start doing. I is the inspiration. Now the breath becomes an inspire. So breathe in an invocation, an intention. What do you want to do? What do you have to do? C, right, is the choice that you make, the commitment to that choice, to move, to do something. And S is to share that, to be vulnerable and transparent with another, to be of service. That's where purpose finds you. That's what I'm talking about. Now that, boom. Somebody can take that acronym and they can go use that. To me, ac acronyms are the best yeah, yeah. because like I said, I have my CBRP. I have another one called core that I use every single morning as part of my mantra, commit obstacles and rewards. When I'm talking about what are my priorities for the day, I think about, okay, what's my commitment today? Like, what am I going to get done? It just really helps to just put the things that are the most important into focus so that I can move the needle. And then what are the obstacles that can get in my way? And then what's the reward? How good am I going to feel? What am I going to give myself? Sometimes I actually give myself a reward if I finish, but right. Acronyms. I mean, they, it's such a good cheat code guys, because what they're doing is giving your, everybody's different. And so certain acronyms are going to hit differently for certain people. And you got to figure out the one that presses your button, your start button and activates you. And he just gave a fantastic one. I've given several on the shows um, previously before. You can go to my website. I have some. I'm sure you have. And by the way, how can we find you if we want to learn more about you? Yeah. And people I mean, wanna... Over social media, I'm Aaron Baker. I'm AaronBaker.com is the website full of information. The Rebellious Recovery, again, recently published. I'm super proud of this. RebelliousRecovery.com, Amazon. Find me there. I'm an open book, man. Literally, <laughs> please reach out. Oh, man. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show. This was fantastic. I really appreciate everything you're doing, and congrats for being a one percenter, my man. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's it for the Gamify Your Habits podcast with Will Moore. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to visit moremomentum.com to learn how you can gamify your life.